acting, pretending on the stage. Don't want to be a writer with my thoughts out on the page. Don't want to be a painter, cause everyone comes to look. Don't want to be anything where my life's an open book. A dream, it's true. But I'd see it through If I could be Wasting my time With you Don't want to be a farmer Working in the sun Don't want to be an outlaw Always on the run don't want to be a climber, reaching for the top. Don't want to be anything where I don't know when to stop. A dream, it's true. But I'd see it through if I could be. you might have read You'll see what I might have said
Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with my friend Moore Sachs. Uh, we got a tough day today and we're going to get through this and we're not going to talk about the market. I'm going to talk to my buddy. You guys are going to listen, okay? You're not going to judge. We're going to talk off the script like we have done for 130 weeks, okay? We have sat here and we have been honest and transparent and we've tried to keep it real with you guys and we have done markets 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 page six we've done our thing this week we are going to talk like two buddies talking it out because there is shit going on in the world and when i get an email from my buddy saying that this kept me up last night that bothers me okay so now we've answered the question, what keeps MB up at night? All right. And I had to go to sleep last night. I had to put the phone down and stop scrolling because the pictures and the news and what's going on tonight, today in Israel is horrific, period, full stop. That's what I'm looking at on Sunday night. I'm looking at live feed of rockets. Innocent civilians getting murdered. I see I see war war has broken out in the Middle East. I'm 42 years old. This has been simmering since I was born. I'm 42. Okay. I grew up in Westchester County. Across the street from me was a Jewish family. On Christmas, we put a Christmas tree up. The minuses, they put a menorah up. They, that kid and I were best friends growing up. We didn't know there was a difference, except I put a tree and I put a menorah. He was Jewish and I was Catholic. That was kids. We were innocent kids. All right. So there's innocent kids in Israel and, pa Israel and Palestine that are going through this shit today. All right. And when I get an email from my buddy that this kept him up and he doesn't want to show do the show that's a problem. So I'm going to talk to my friend. OK, I want to know what's going on. What he is Jewish, you know, he has sat and talked about his cabal. He's been self-deprecating. He has been a proud New York, Chicago, Ashkenazi Jew, right? Thank you. Yeah. All right. And now he is living through hell. Okay. You know, his wife was down in D.C. for the conference. You know how active him and Cheryl are in the Jewish community. So when they're getting rockets lobbed into their homeland, Okay, you know MB went to the wall. You know how much he hates, fucking hates traveling, flying commercial to <laughs> Israel. Okay, he talked about it. So for all you guys, especially uh -huh. the ones that emailed me this week that said, we've listened to every show. We listened to every 130 episodes. They reference shows from years ago. So you guys know how much this means, who he is, how proud he is and how much this hurts him, okay? So when I got that fucking email that he doesn't want to do the show, that's serious shit. We've oh. always done the show through thick and thin, and we try to give you an hour that's not CNBC, that's not Bloomberg, that's not a pitch. We try to do two guys at the pub catching up after a work day or a work week, and so far, so good. We haven't. We've stayed away from the politics, okay? We know how toxic that is. And you probably can't tell which either side of us fall on. We try to keep it that way. We know we go into uncharted territories and we talk about stuff like 
that I should, I, I have no business talking about the Middle East, so I won't. But I know that you guys have had it stuffed down your throats for the last 48 hours. You get a constant news feed. You get two sides of the story. You get nothing but but white noise about it. So I'm going to bring him in, and he's going to explain to you Gentiles, you people out there that aren't in the inner circle, that aren't living this fucking nightmare today. And I know there's people out there that will ha- that have hidden racism, okay? I'm not stupid. I grew up in America. I grew up in New York. I know there's people that are prejudiced against, against Jews for nothing else but being Jewish, okay? I don't want to hear... The, uh, I'll, I'll give you the list. They run the media. They run the banks. What, what else do you guys uh, have locked up? Um, the media, the banks. What else do you guys have cornered? Suffering? Right. Like uh, that. that, yeah, yeah. Well, we got the banks and the media, so we right banks and the real estate. You guys have okay, but the point is, there's this unspoken, undeniable prejudice against Jewish people in America. You, anyone that tells me there isn't is a fucking fool or is lying because it exists and we know it. Okay, we see it in Crown Heights. We know that people give the Hasidic people in Crown Heights. We know what goes on. And it's fucking awful. And now we're on the brink of World War Three. And MB mentioned it last night, last week, that he was concerned about what was going on. And I cringed and I said, oh, boy, we're going to I joked about the Middle East. Now it's not a joke. All right. And here I am with my buddy who like what what happens? OK, so you get you get what a notice that they're shooting rockets into Israel. Is this how did this uh, unfold? Uh, uh, well, first of all. Um, thank you for expressing your views. Um, as Liam said, we've gone out of our way uh, to be apolitical. And I don't know how to good a job we've done at that, but I think like we've tried. Um, the last uh, 48 hours has really been pretty surreal for me. Um, so um, it's no secret that uh, in the evenings, um, you know, before <clears throat> reading or this or that, or instead of a drink, I might have a gummy. Uh, and um, so we, Friday night, we do our typical thing. And we've been meaning to watch this movie, Golda, about Golda Meir. And so we've been putting it off and Sean and I watched it and I watched it not because I had that big an interest in gold of my ear. I, I just, I'm a big fan of Helen Mirren yeah, and I wanted to, I wanted to see her as an actress and we watched the movie and as a movie, I'm going to give it, a C is a history lesson. I'm going to give it to the extent it's accurate. And I, I can't say, but to the extent it's accurate, I, I give it an A. I had no idea how complicated and dynamic that situation was at that point in time. Right. So Saturday morning, I woke up and Cheryl says, Israel's a war. And I, I thought I was still asleep. Like, I just watched this movie about Israel and war, and um, it's like, fuck. 
And I had trouble sleeping, which um, I love the way you phrased it. What keeps MB up at night? Well, they they finally, besides my kids, they finally figured it out. And um, I don't know, around 3 a.m. I decided we, I just, I just didn't feel like I was going to be able to do a podcast out of respect for the suffering and the people going through what they're going through. Um, I mean, we started and run this podcast as a, uh, a light, uplifting, funny, uh, honest discussion about the financial markets. And it just seemed inappropriate to me to talk about money when you're talking about human life. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm kind of out. And um, what you guys probably don't know uh, is Liam Allen is one of the best writers I've ever read in my life. Um, I've pushed him for years to try and write and I'm still waiting. But he wrote me a few notes, which hit home. And then I talked to uh, Cheryl about it, who, as Liam, Liam has mentioned, um, is deep down the rabbit hole of what goes on here. And so what I think Liam had suggested and what kind of came across to me was perhaps I could share a few general thoughts. And then what I've noticed is a feeling of generalized anxiety, which I recognize from when I was a training trading manager. And um, with respect to the suffering, I think there's a global situation that I would like to point out with respect to everything else that's going on. Um, but let's start with the personal element of it. Um, you know, I'm not really a religious person. I you know, was forced to go to Hebrew school. I, I make a joke, but it's sort of true. I failed every year, but I kept getting promoted. And um, getting my knuckles smacked enough, I learned the blessings and I, I got bar mitzvah and I carried on and got uh, confirmed, which was really nothing because he just turned up. Mm -hmm. And then I went about my life, you know, being an American because I, I identify as an American, which is what Jews typically do when they're in foreign countries. They assimilate. And, you know, it's like you look back and it's always Godwin's law gets compared to the Nazis, but you know, you had all these Jews there who were like, wait a minute, I'm I'm German. Why are you right? Okay. Um what I found peculiar, and it just seems to have been accepted into popular culture. And um I only know one religion, which is Judaism. And I make the joke, if there's 2 million Jews, there's 2 million forms of Judaism. Like everyone practices their own approach to it. But 
compared to other religions, let me tell you what I've seen in mine, which is, uh, and I've mentioned this before, for Cheryl and I to go to the high holiday services, we have to park about a mile from the temple. And this is not for religious reasons. Very religious Jews don't drive on a holiday. We have to park a mile away for uh, logistical reasons to do with security. So we'll get put on our Sunday church clothes and walk a mile. Mm -hmm. And when we get to the uh, corner of the Post Road and Church Street, there will be uh, a couple of Greenwich Town policemen, uh, cars, maybe three or four mm-hmm. active officers. And then the driveway and the entrance to the temple are um, covered with uh, uh, like those blocking horses. Yeah, you know, the, the, yeah the small horses. Yep, police oh, line yeah. across. Yep. Yeah, so like a car can't, can't get through them. And then, you know, I don't remember because it happened so fast, but I would bet you we probably walked through medical metal detector. Um, probably have to show some form of identification to get in to pray. I, I I'm not sure how many religions have to do that. Um, I don't know how many religions. You know, you find out that people went into the cemetery and broke headstones of of dead people. People passed away because of their religion or swastikas. And so, you know, I, I've kind of always wondered, you know, what is it? What is what have the Jews done that? And and I, you know, there's all sorts of theories and beliefs. As much as I like to joke about it. To the best of my knowledge, we we do not rule the world. Um, if we did, it's it's quite an achievement because we're less than what one tenth of one percent of the population. So, I guess it's a pretty sad commentary on the rest of you folks. Um, uh, but what happened? And I'll be brief about what happened because, as Liam said, there's there's horror porn all over the internet. And I've taken a look and it it, it makes me ill. It, it really makes me ill. Um, but the point I would like to make from my understanding is it was an attack by Hamas. Hamas is recognized as a terrorist organization and they killed a bunch of innocent people and taken hostages, both Israelis and Americans now, and uh, probably lots of other people. They knew going in that when they did this, Israel would retaliate, and that because of the way Hamas hides within hospitals and schools, in local areas that there would be uh, civilian casualties and they will attempt to blame those casualties on the Israelis. Uh, I'm highly confident the um, 
counterattack that's taking place, maybe even as we speak, would not have happened had Hamas not attacked Israel. My understanding is their charter is to destroy Israel. Uh, I, you know, again, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I, I, I just sort of want to make the point that this is not uh, a casual thing. You know, this is a group of people who have devoted themselves to wiping out an entire race of people. And yet a lot of people, you know, are involved with them. Uh, they tolerate it. You know, you see a lot of the stuff in the Middle East, they, they walk lightly because they're afraid of offending people. And obviously there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So from the MB personal uh, standpoint, I, I don't know, but with the you know five degrees of separation, I'm sure we have friends or whatever that have either been hurt or killed. Um, and again, uh, I don't want to speak for you, but um, I, I support Israel's right to defend itself. Um, and, uh, um, I just want to get that out there. Um, to try and get a little bit away from the focus on, uh, what happened, uh, yesterday, um, and talk about something that, uh, is how I'm looking at things. First, as I see myself as um, a risk manager, mm -hmm. and um, and we'll 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 kind of leave it at that concept. So, um, as a risk manager of a highly levered portfolio. Um, you know, I, I tried to be aware of everything going on around me, even geopolitical risks, which I have to be honest with you, were never really my strong point. But you've um, always, but you've always loved talk. I can remember doing bike rides with you ten years ago, and you being like, "Yeah, but Kosovo, or pick a pick, pick some well, random hot spot," and you'd be like, "I'm paying attention." <laughs> be like, okay. Well, that's that's the I thing, know. right? You have you have to pay attention. So now, before we get fifty emails about the tin hat stuff, I'm not saying I'm right about this, but I'm trying to open up and let the world of inside baseball with old chestnut see what's going through my mind from the point of view of a guy managing risk. Okay. I, I've already told you where I come down on the, the human side of this. This has got nothing to do with the Palestinian people. This is all about Hamas trying to kill Jews. And uh, the Palestinian stuff, as I've said before, until you've been to Israel and been boots on the ground, okay, I 
I didn't have any appreciation of the reality of the situation. And I would suggest before people jump to conclusions based on bad information or limited information, they get a better understanding. But irrespective of the Palestinian people, what Hamas did is just completely violates all sorts of rules of war. And so that kind of left me wondering why now and what does it mean? So um, you had mentioned, uh, and I've mentioned Cheryl's active in our community, but on a national level. And uh, what she is doing is works with other faiths to have discussions and talks about different thoughts about religion. And it's all very upbeat and very, and very positive. Um, but not my thing, right? You know, she has her thing and I have my thing and, but she talks about it and I listen and I, I learn. And um, the last couple of months, and this I think answers, potentially answers the why now, but invites the tinfoil hat question is, um, it's my understanding that the Saudis are very close to coming to some real, legitimate, formal understanding with Israel. That that's, I don't say imminent, I, I don't know much other than my understanding is it's very close. I don't think it's because the Saudis like the Jews. I, I think if the Saudis didn't need the Jews, they'd push a button and they'd kill the Jews because they feel the same way. But, you know, in their world, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I think they've come to realize that uh, Israel has a lot to offer. Israel has a staunch ally in the United States. And the Saudis understand that Iran is a real danger in the region. And it's in the Saudis' best interest to keep stability in the region. Iran is a problem for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so we know Iran is allied with Russia. And so... You know, again, tinfoil hat, maybe, I, I don't know, but, you know, it makes a lot of sense that it's in Russia's best interest to do things to destabilize the United States. And frankly, we're in an extraordinarily weak position. Um, we have uh, spent way beyond our means. We have zero political discourse, right? Can you imagine? There's absolutely no back and forth across the aisle. No. You look at the American cities, we talk about it every week, right? So is it possible they're sitting in the Kremlin going, if we can get a war going in the Middle East, okay, price of oil goes up, we have a lot of oil. 
uh, the price of oil goes up, the U.S. is potentially net neutral, but because of the internal disagreement between the ESG people and the energy self-sufficient people, mm -hmm. things like the Keystone Pipeline. Now, I'm not going to say whether that should have or should not have been authorized, but there's generally ways around these things, right? And without necessarily force majoring, but we're in such a state that no one's willing to have a conversation about a conversation. Right. And so when you look at the situation that's unfolding uh, before us, um, I, I do think there's a very real shot of some substantial war breaking out. Who's that going to be between? Well, I, I don't know if if the Israelis discover uh, Iran motivated uh, uh, this attack, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna sit on their hands, and you know I don't know. Iran's nuclear capabilities, but if they get brought into a war, the price of oil goes up, right? It's going to uh, wreck the U.S. economy. Most people don't really have much of an interest in what goes on in the Middle East, but if the price of oil goes up, they'll get all pissed off. Uh, definitely drag us into a uh, uh, pretty significant depression um yeah so i i i mean i'm I, I haven't really followed a very logical chain here i don't think but you know as a risk manager uh again these are times why i don't believe the risk models work because you're looking at uh well, three, four, five, eight, ten, twelve standard deviation event. The, the models don't don't handle that. Like so, for instance, what would we expect the markets to do Monday? Well, I mean, I guess the price of oil should go up. I guess the price of bonds should go down. Uh, I guess the stocks should go down but i you know i always think that so who knows but you know on the other hand the payroll number was so strong on friday that they're going 25 in the next meeting that's a lock and they have cover now they have covered to tightening is i believe we've said they will tighten until they break something and the fact that the stock market's going up uh, does not make them happy. They would be happy if it were 20% lower by 1% a day. Okay. 20% in one day, nishkit, but a slow decline. So, you know, we're going to have higher rates. Um, I'm not going to predict the stock market. Um, Impossible. It's almost. It, I almost feel stupid trying to talk about what the markets are going to do when when you're looking at 
one of the most dangerous times since we've been alive, right? I, just before uh, I came in to talk to you, Cheryl texted me that there's a U.S. aircraft carrier on its way to, to the middle. Ford. Gerald Ford. I got friends on the Gerald Ford that are sailing to the Persian Gulf tonight. OK, so you want to talk to the risk guys? You can I'll, I'll get on the phone with a Navy pilot. Hey, buddy, how, what are you doing tonight? You watching the? Are you going to watch the Giants and the Jets? No, I'm full steam ahead to the Persian Gulf. OK, okay. how are you going to go in and trade on Monday morning when you know that's going on? You know? Yeah. Then so get the day off on Monday for the news to even bubble even more because you know, markets are closed for Columbus Day. Right. I. I don't know. You got more time to think about it. You got, yeah, I think you get Monday. I think markets are closed, I think, on Monday. So you've got all Monday for it to fester. Yeah. Well, we'll know, we'll know in three and a half hours because if they're, I, I would be, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the bonds were closed, but I'd be surprised if the stocks were closed. Okay. They tend to be, they tend to be open. Right. Uh, it's Indigenous Peoples Day. Yeah, bond markets closed. Bond markets closed. Yeah. Yeah. But the stocks are open. They'll be open for business. NASDAQ and the stock exchange are open for business. So the bond guys will get the day off, which makes it even weirder. You know, you're going to have a weird day. Um, well, that's what they, I guess in, in World War II, they made a list of job priorities, like who could get drafted and this and that. Yeah. And so like, for instance, if you were a steel worker, like See. that was a that was a job they didn't want to pull you out. They needed the they needed the iron made into oh, this. Interesting. And the joke was that the job that was more important than being a bond trader was an orient ornamental flower instructor. <laughs> Basically, if you were a bond trader, you were getting you're yeah. getting uh, again, I, I apologize for laughing. I mean, I, I, it's just uh, like I, Liam talked about, I really struggled with uh, whether we should come on the show, what we were going to talk about. Because, you know, one of the, the core tenets of our process is we don't, this is not monetized. We don't take any money for this. And the purpose is because, well, first of all, it was supposed to be just two guys, a can and a string or two cans and, and some string, right? And now it's growing into this global media empire. <laughs> you know, although even though the actions in the Middle East were reporting from the United States. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, it's, it's been a, a really surprisingly emotional 24 hours for me, because it's just like, when you read all of the stuff like I've read about what Israelis do for Palestinians, and when you go to Israel, and you see the way the areas are managed, okay, and you have a conversation with someone that comes up with the other arguments, which I, I think are uh, specious. Is that the word? Um, they're just not legitimate. Um, I'm not in the business of changing minds, right? And um, 
there are people who have convinced themselves that what the Israelis are doing to Palestinian people are terrible. And, I, hey, look, I'm not going to say every situation is completely perfect. And I'm also not willing to say, you know, we should ignore the situation. But I, I think it's awfully skewed. And I don't think people conventionally understand the complicated nature of what's going on. And so, again, I, I, I shy away from these conversations with people because, you know, I, I have a couple of examples that, uh, of things where I read recently, uh, I forget who said this. I think it might have been one of these newsletters called Duneberg. Mm-hmm. that I, I read and they brought up an interesting concept which I hadn't thought about which I should have thought about for a couple of reasons one is we've had electric cars and I've also have financial interest in in uh, parking structures so the purpose of the piece was to point out a couple of things um I don't know I suspect you've seen what happens when an electric car catches fire oh yeah hours to put out dude i saw one slide backwards down the boat ramp you ever seen a truck slide into the boat ramp where they fail all right so the guy the guy backs his tesla suv down the boat ramp and he lets his boat out he tries to pull back up the boat ramp spins the tires and sinks the tesla it caught fire in the lake the tesla caught fire submerged in water so that's where we are with electric cars and burning yeah so I think it's ours to put out electric fire. And so that's, you can do your own research, right? Okay, so that's number one. Number two, these electric cars are apparently substantially heavier than the ICE, internal combustion engine. Again, do your own research. Okay, so now why does this matter to MB? Well, we have a a rental building in New York City that you can park cars in, okay? If a car catches fire inside a garage, okay, that building's going to collapse because the heat that's going to get generated is going to trigger other cars to ignite and explode, and you're going to have hundreds of people are going to die. Mm-hmm. The cement is not rated for, you know, double the weight. It was, you know, when the garage was designed, they weren't weighing electric cars. They were weighing internal combustion engine cars. And I'm, well, I'll just say they're twice. Well, you know, I, I'm not an engineer, but, you know, you, you got to figure out how much cement to use. And they have formulas. Well, those formulas don't. Right. And we all know what happened once the fires started at the World Trade Center. That didn't end well. And so anyway, I guess the point is I was trying to bring up this point with a person who's very pro electric car EV and like they wouldn't they wouldn't hear any of it. None of it. Like, oh, yeah. Well, there's the there's the uh, emergency sprinkler system in the garage and that'll. Like I, I, I okay. Yep. O- okay. 
You're never going to change that guy's mind. They're committed. Right. So for me to come on here and try and persuade anybody that what's going on between Israel and the Palestinians is right or wrong or left or right, I'm not I'm not going to do that because, you know, I've got my opinion. They got their opinion. I, I, I respect the right to their opinion insofar as it doesn't end in violence. But it seems with our people, the Jews, we always end up the brunt of the violence. And before anyone gets too carried away that I got a paranoia complex, as I've done before, I would invite you to go to Wikipedia and type the word pogrom and see what you get. And if you get, you know, zero, then this episode's free. Like the rest go watch, of them. Go watch Fiddler on the Roof. Like, have you seen Fiddler on the Roof, right? Isn't that, that's the first. Only about nine times. Right, right, okay. About, yeah. Yeah. So. I just want to talk, talk about the, like the, you, the Jewish experience. You're such a small percentage of people. So it's, it's tough for an American like me to understand. I, I can do it because I, I'm aware. All right. But I can see that like, you know, Billy Bob in Ohio doesn't understand why America stands united with Israel. They're kind of like, eh, what, what, what's the alliance? Like, why, like, why should, why should I, you know, why should I support Israel? To me, me personally, I've grew up, I grew up th think Israel to me is the home of the Jews. Okay. That's where that, I didn't think that my neighbor across the street was from Israel. I thought he was Andy minus a Jewish kid that lived across the street. I was Liam Allen, a Catholic kid that lived across the street. It, it wasn't like, Oh, he's from Israel. He didn't fly an Israeli flag, you know, but I know that that, See, this is where it gets gray and muddy. Like that is that the home whose territory? That's it's a territorial dispute, is what it boils down. So, to. so, so a couple of things. One I sound is, like Ron DeSantis. I'm sorry. I take it back. It's not a territorial dispute. Okay, I'm not minimizing this. I, I don't. He said don't, that about Russia and Ukraine, and he got dragged. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, fortunately, at least now you're not running for office. Right, right. The the couple things I I would say is the. Israel is a democracy in a part of the world that it's in the U.S.'s interest to have a democracy. Full stop. Okay. I mean, there's more reasons, right? I mean, technology, industry, trade. But that's why. Know. Okay. Well, I, for me, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Again, I, get, I probably got a D in political science. Um, maybe an incomplete, um, but it's a democracy where we need a democracy. It's a military advantage because of the oil in uh, that part of the world, right? There's a huge uh, technology and intellectual uh talent that gets swapped back and forth between Israel and the United States. And, you know, the, their countries are allowed to have good relationships mm -hmm. for other than, you know, yeah. uh, financial reasons. Yeah. Um, what was the second part of that we were going to 
No, I was just curious, but like, you know, because like for the casual American that doesn't understand the American Jewish Alliance um, or, 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 or isn't familiar with being Jewish in America, you know, so the, you had mentioned about the territorial dispute or however you want to phrase it. I mean, I, yeah. Did we get it right? It's like everything we do here. You can spit to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's a disputed bit of land. And. I've been there with my wife and I've been there with my friend Turgut, who's Muslim. And we went in a part where uh, Jews were allowed to go. And he went to a part where Muslims were allowed to go and Jews weren't. And when he went to the part, the guard said, you got to prove you're Muslim. And my friend Turgut repeated in whatever language, a Muslim prayer, and they, and they let him go in. And you know what? The, everyone gets to gets to touch the rock or, or put the note in the wall. or So mm -hmm. this, this notion about, you know, they can't make it work, I, I, just, I just don't buy it. I think, and I've felt this way for a long time, that the Palestinians are unfortunately a pawn in this geopolitical game that gets played between the Iranians, the Saudis, the Russians, yep. you know, whoever. Yep. And I mean, I don't know how many people uh, there are um, uh, in the Palestinian areas, okay? And I understand this statement is could be construed as grotesque. But if, if, if the Arab nations were that concerned, okay, okay, do a land swap, do something, help your people, take them out of poverty, educate them, you know, give them medical help. You know, there's plenty of land between Saudi Arabia and Egypt and Syria in Iraq, in Iran, right? And I get it. Look, I don't want to move out of my house either, okay? But if my house is getting rained on with fucking bombs, you know, one day out of 40, I, I'll take a free crib somewhere else. And um, you don't hear any of the Arab states offering sanctuary to Palestinian people. I just don't like yeah. again, it's a big ask to say move from yeah. your home. Yeah. yeah. You know, again, Godwin's law, you know, there were plenty of Jews willing to leave Germany and that no one would take them. Mm -hmm. Now you're not going to get an Israeli people to commit a genocide. Because it's not right. It's yeah. it's not right. But there are going to be a lot of innocent people are going to die because they're being used as human shields. And again, I I didn't really want to go this route. And I'll tell you why. We've been doing this. It could be coming up on three years, two years, three years, three years, and. It's been one of the greatest accomplishments, I think, of my life that 
we've been able to put down on paper, so to speak, thoughts about the markets and about life and stuff like that. And we're now at a topic which is so incredibly polarizing. We risk fucking it up. And I, 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 I the, the, the angst I feel about this is just so high. So I guess I would say, um, if you disagree with us, that's your right. If you agree with us, that's your right too. I would probably feel strongly in saying next week we'll probably return to our regularly scheduled programming, assuming you know the U.S. as Abraham Lincoln hasn't. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but I I will tell you one thing with one hundred percent certainty. If Israel feels its existence is threatened by Iran with a nuclear weapon, they will they will use a nuclear weapon. Yep. One hundred percent. Yeah. Netanyahu said that. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, they don't say, he doesn't say it, but he says it in, in a in lovely ways. The way that he has spoken, he has said, you know, I mean, like haunting things about like they I don't know the verbiage, but whatever okay. Netanyahu said this morning, I was like, he basically said, You're fucking with the wrong people at the wrong time and we're gonna make you regret it. Um well, that's why I think that Golden movie was so poignant. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like, again, I don't know the historical accuracy. And again, you know, if it weren't for the story to me being so fascinating, I wouldn't be like, don't bother. Mm -hmm. The story is, I thought, so compelling that I, I, uh, I, I'll probably watch it again at some point. Right. But. Okay. Uh, we got to get from here to there. And um, for all those short follow sellers, um, especially uh, what's that guy's name? James Cordier. Yeah. We're going to make a lot of small turns. And um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm first of all, thank you for insisting. Yeah. We, we, we do this because uh I'm not going to say people, asking. people know people know I got emails saying what's up. I got one saying is Morris's friends and family. What's up with Morris's friends in Israel? Who's who's what's going on? So people know people share my concern. And I think if we didn't do it, then there'd be more questions. And, you know, what's going on? Um, And like for you not to talk about it. We obviously know you got to talk to me about it. You know, like I, I, I have more questions. I don't want to barrage you with emails and be like, "What do you know? What do we do about this? What do we, like? What about you think about that? What's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that?" Just like, and to to be honest, dude, if there's three thousand people or five thousand people that listen every week, how many of those five thousand people have a close Jewish friend? Statistically, oh. not many. Now oh. they do. You're yeah, okay. you. Oh, thank you. Okay. So I, now I they do. So like I, five that because if you talk about that statistic, you're only what 0.02% of the world's population. Yeah. So let's do the stats. If we pull the audience from the general public, we got a couple of Jewish guys that listen, but most of them aren't Jewish. And, and a lot of people don't know have a Jewish friend. I was lucky I had grew up. It's not like everyone doesn't grow up in New York, Chicago, where like we go hand in hand, you know, right. people grow up in Sandusky, Ohio, and like they've never seen a Hasidic guy praying, you know? So like for me, it's normal. For you, it's normal. For, like I just want, I'm not, I don't want to normalize it. I want people to understand what it's like for a regular 
Jewish guy in Connecticut. He's not even but like he said, he's not a you're not a Jew zealot. Okay. You're not one you don't you're not a religion guides your life or or dictates your life. You're you're a casual, you're a casual, I don't want to say casual Jew. I'm not trying to disparage no, your I, I, no, I get it. I I'm I'm a, a right. So a, for, uh, for the guys in the audience that don't have a guy like this, this I, I wanted you to know that like this is a real thing for these people. Like I know, and there's a lot of pushback. They're like, "Why should my money go to you? You know, Israel. Why do we have to stand with Israel?" Um, and I and I don't have a straight. I, I can't nail that answer for you. But like, there's. I just wanted. Well, I think I think we did. I yeah. do feel like we nailed it. It's yeah. a democracy. Yeah. In a part of the world, we need a democracy for military, uh, intelligence gathering, technology, and um, yeah. But just again, with my risk manager hat on, and maybe this might be a good place to end it up. But years and years and years ago, when I was doing this full time, I was a Greenwich Capital, and I came in on a uh, maybe a Monday or Tuesday, and India and Pakistan were ready to go launch a nuclear war over um cashmere mm-hmm. and a bunch of the traders had mediocre positions and i said you know because remember i got paid last right so we're sitting in a room we got the foreign offices on the hoot and i'm like you got two countries getting ready to blow each other up with nuclear weapons take your fucking positions off if you feel like you need to trade, you call Lynn Waldock or eSpeed or whoever was the guy at the time, and you put your money on the line because you're not fucking around when the crazies are in charge. And that's what's going on right now. The 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 crazies are in charge. And um yeah, so I'm we urge caution. All right, buddy. I'll see you next week. I appreciate it. I'm sorry for yelling in the beginning. Um, here we are, folks. This is oh, it. People like it. People like me when you yell. You take care. All right, buddy. I'll see you next Thanks. week. Thanks for doing it, man. All right.